Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. they would show up as well. Mark chapter number 12, if you'll turn there with me today, and I'll be mindful of your time. We'll baptize uh, uh, her here at the end of this service this morning. Mark 12 and verse number 28. Just going to take just a little time here in the word of the Lord, not a real long time, but the Bible says, one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and there is none other commandment greater than these the scribe said unto him well master thou hast said the truth for there is one God and there is none other but he and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offering and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. Amen. He said, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. For a little while this morning, I want to uh, speak to us just on one word as my subject today and it is the word almost 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 hallelujah amen much prayer been going on let's pray again that God can help our hearts and minds amen through the word of the Lord this morning father I come to you right now I'm asking God for your hand upon us, Lord Jesus, through the teaching, God, Lord, of your word. I pray, God, that you're able to help us, enlighten us, give us understanding, Lord Jesus, I pray. God, let it resonate with someone's life. Let it speak and minister, Lord Jesus, to someone's soul, that you're able to help them and strengthen them by the word of the Lord. God, we don't want to, Lord Jesus, God, leave this place without allowing it into the innermost areas of our life and discovering things known and unknown. God, we'll thank you and we'll praise you, God, for what you're capable of doing with that. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated in Jesus' name. <clears throat> History, and, and this, is, um, this is a story that I just kind of plucked out here, but I, in, in, according to historians, it was one of the best football games ever. It was the Super Bowl of 34 between the Rams and the Titans. It says that in the final seconds, Tennessee was driving or charging uh, for that game-tying touchdown, and on the final play, Kevin Dyson caught a pass over the middle and lunged for the goal line. He was tackled just short of the goal line, and in fact, he missed scoring a touchdown by one yard. 
three feet. So close, yet so far away. As a matter of fact, he missed it whenever uh, uh, the referee put up his hands like this for a touchdown. It's about approximately three feet. He, he missed it by that much distance. Three feet. So close, yet so far away. The Lord is speaking to a scribe here, someone that is very acquainted with the word of the Lord that had been written up to that point of time, very acquainted with it. Again, not having the advantage as we do today of Xerox machines that can staple and collate and all these other things that they can do, and thank God they do. But not having the advantage of that, if there was going to be multiple copies of the Scripture, of, uh, of the first five books of the Old Testament, if there was going to be anything like that, it was going to be in the hands of somebody else. It's going to be due to the duty and the obligation of a scribe that had sat down with many hours with his candlestick and quill and literally copied word for word what the Scripture and the Word of God said. And so I think it would be kind of uh, impossible, uh, at least I know how it is, whenever you copy something so many times, there's a certain, uh, certain amount of memorization that starts to take place for your own life, that starts filtering through your own mind and your own brain. And so that scribe that is diligently copying the Scriptures, there is no doubt a certain amount of that that is filtering through his own mind and maybe causing some ponderings at night whenever he lays down his head. So he is very much so with Scripture up to the time that we're speaking about acquainted with the Scripture, acquainted with what the Word of God says. And so among a group of people here in Mark 12 that has been coming to the Lord, uh, Sadducees, different ones that are coming really trying the Lord in his speech, trying to catch him in a little mistake or a faux pas, trying to get there to be a division among the people with his answer and response back to the people. Here comes a scribe that, that seems to be very legitimate, very sincere in his question to the Lord because he has read those 800 and some odd commandments of the Old Testament and he's filtered through them and maybe he's already shuffling and dealing with the idea how in the world can an individual aptly serve and do right by these 800 someone commands how how in the world can you do this you know be acquainted with them reading them how can one individual do this and so it's kind of like he wanted to make his obedience to the lord count he wanted to make his obedience count you know he he wanted to put his eggs in the right basket and not trying to make a easter pun here okay he's trying to, he wants to put his eggs in the right basket and so in doing so he, he asked the lord uh, very much so sincerely because he has seen and heard how the lord has answered the other questions of the people the lord is very very guarded in his speech he does in a very delicate way he handles every circumstance just right and, and gives a very proper answer or perhaps ask a question of that person to lead them to the right answer the lord has a way of doing that he might not answer your question but he will ask a question that helps you answer your question and, and so he does this and so he comes to the Lord and he says Lord what, what is the first of all commandments now whenever he asks the first what our minds many times go to is what is number one what's priority but that's not the case that's revealed through this word first in the Greek it's not he was asking which is first as in priority like in a list one two three four five he's asking which of these is the most weighty which carries the most weight? Which, which is going to have the most influence uh, in our lives? And so the Lord spoke and told him, he said, the first of all commandments, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, and you should love the Lord your God with all of thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Man, 
this gentleman could resonate with that. He, how many times has he written Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, you know? How many times had he had done that? And for that, even the Jews, they, they made it a practice of theirs that uh, a couple times a day, for sure in the morning, the evening, they, they quoted, they spoke here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So this is not anything that they are foreign to. And he says, if you want to know which is the weightiest of all commands, it's that God is one and you must love that God. And he said the second is namely another one that's very weighty, very comparable in weight to that one is that you should also love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment. In another portion of Scripture, Christ said that all the others, all those 812, I think it is, uh, commandments, all the others hinge or hang upon these two. If you were to lose these two, you've lost them all because they all hang or they hinge upon this. So it's your love for God and your love for people. And the scribe, the scribe is not combative. He's not argumentative. He is very satisfied with how the Lord has answered him. He says, well, master, thou, thou hast said the truth. He, he, he resonates with what he's agreeing with what Christ is speaking and what Christ is saying. He, and he kind of repeats it back to him, you know, just to firm up that, hey, we're on the same page. I've understood what you said. Yes, loving the Lord with my heart, my mind, and my understanding and strength of my neighbor as myself. That's more than, than sacrifices and burnt offerings. And what happened in that moment is that this scribe had a grander understanding than a lot of other scribes of his day. Because... Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, all of them of that day, put a lot of weight on literal ceremonial sacrifices. They put a lot of weight on the old offering and sacrificial system, keeping all of these little ceremonial things. Some of them even came to a wrong conclusion that if we keep everything ceremonial, then we'll have a place in the kingdom. If we do everything that was ceremonial, we'll have a place in the kingdom and with God. But whenever Jesus Christ came into the world, the Bible speaks of him plainly that he didn't come to do away with the law, even those ceremonial aspects of the law, but he came to fulfill them, amen, through his life and through his purpose. And so with that, it was more than just ceremonial things that keeping, you know, making sure you had the right sacrifice at the right time and went through the right process, that's all grand. He says, but if you'll love God and if you'll love people and if you'll do that with all of your heart, now there is a, all, all is a three-letter word, but it's bigger than that. Amen. If you ever heard, I know speaking to my kids, I've told them, you know, you need to clean up all your room. And like they go back to that word all. Do you mean all? All's a three-letter word, but it's a big word. Amen. Christ said, you need, you, need to, you need to love the Lord with all of your heart. What, what are you saying, God? I'm saying there cannot be a region in your heart that has a yellow caution tape that says off-limits. All of your heart. Every aspect, every facet of your heart. Not only that, and he's real into this all thing with all of your soul. He says all of your mind. Some of the other day said they've lost half their mind, so I guess they got less to love the Lord with. But, you know, with all of your mind, with all of your intellect, with all that your, your reasoning capability, love the Lord with all of your mind and all of your strength. 
the psalmist, I believe, said, he said, what, whatsoever your hand find to do, do it with all of your might. And so just giving your all, and the scribe saying, that's me, I, 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 I'm doing that, I believe that, I agree with that. All of this is more important than, than, than a lamb and more important than an offering. Uh, all of these things are more important. And whenever Jesus understood this and that this scribe was very careful in how he answered in his agreement, he knew that he was being approached by a person that had been different than those others that had approached him up uh, before this time. And he says, he's, he's answering discreetly. He says, sir, thou art not far from the kingdom of God. If you're understanding the principle that it's not about everything that was ceremonial, but now it's about a love relationship with God, you're not far from the kingdom of God. I would say this morning that there may be some sitting here and maybe some that are not sitting here that all of us to some degree are now in a position and in a place that we are not far from the kingdom of God. Ever since Christ came into the world and he went through that death and the resurrection that we'll be focusing on perhaps to some degree next Sunday, ever since he came into the world, he took everybody's statuses nigh, far, in between and have brought them all nigh to the kingdom of God by his work on Calvary. When we did a study in the book of Ephesians, the Bible spoke of how the Gentiles were a far off, a people that were a far off from God. The Jews always denoted as one that's being nigh or close to God. That's God's people. That's the one that he has his hand on. We, we've looked at the temple and how there were different courts in the temple, amen, that, that, that got closer and closer to uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of the Lord. The, the court of the Gentiles was that which was furthest out. And then you had the court of the women and the court of the Israelites, then the court of the priests. Then you had the holy place and the holies of holies. And even in the, the temple diagram, the Gentiles being the furthest out that they could be far away from the holy place or the presence of God. And there being a wall there, a literal wall there in that temple or that tabernacle that kept the Gentiles from going in, kept them from going on and proceeding past. All they could do is hear. They couldn't see. They couldn't experience. And Paul in Ephesians knew about that wall of partition and he told them very basically whenever Christ Jesus came he has broken that middle wall of partition down now it doesn't matter if you're Jew Gentile Samaritan Ethiopian what your race creed what type of sin you've committed in your life you've been an adulterer a murderer a stealer or you just had a bad attitude wherever you've been you've all been brought nigh amen unto the kingdom because of Jesus Christ so this morning if the adversary of your soul is telling you you're far from God I got news for you today it's a strict lie because of the work of Christ Jesus whoever you are, whatever you have done, whatever you have committed, because of Christ today, you're nigh, you are close to the kingdom of God. You don't know, pastor, what I've done. You don't know the things that I've said and what I, it doesn't make no big difference or deal this morning. Christ done the work. If you're far, you're nigh this morning. If you was nigh to begin with, you're still nigh. If you've been in the dregs of sin and you've tasted of the lowest of low, it does not matter today. The blood of Jesus Christ has brought you close. You are not far. Wherever 
your life is today, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far. Uh Uh-huh. Because of Christ's work. That's the reason why that whenever the apostle, whenever in Acts chapter uh, 17, I believe it is, where the apostle was there on Mars Hill in Acts 17, and he's seen all these altars that they had made unto unknown gods. Now this is, this is, after, this is after Pentecost. This is after Acts 2. And he's walking among there and he's taking inventory of all these different, these different gods and altars that they have. And he speaks to them on, on Mars Hill there. People that were intellectuals and stoics and people that were uh, philosophers that liked to entertain new ideas and things. And he spoke to them. There was something that he particularly said to them. Amen. In, in, in a few verses of scripture there if I can find it. But he spoke to them basically these words. He says in verse 27 of Acts Acts chapter 17 he says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us Paul's saying that post Pentecost he's saying that post Calvary Uh because everybody that were far after Pentecost and Calvary are made nigh. So he can stand in a place that is littered with false gods, paganistic ideas, people that maybe didn't think twice about God and look them in the face and say, you've done everything you've done, you serve to the best of your abilities. I'm just letting you know though right now, you're not far. Feel after, because you're not far. He could, say this, he could say to the Gentile, the Jew, the, it didn't matter who the race of people was, he could tell them, they're not far because of the work of Christ on Calvary. By the blood of God, they have been brought near unto the Lord. Because whenever Christ died and blood was shed, there was already a work of reconciliation that began to happen through Jesus Christ and his work at Calvary. Amen. Through his work of Calvary, it began to bring man back into a relationship with God. If I could say it like this, it gave them access to God. Through Christ, we got access to God. Mm-hmm. We have access to God through that. No, no person was ever able to lay an eye upon the Lord. The Bible says no man has seen God at any times. God is a spirit for that matter. No man's seen God at any times. But whenever they seen Jesus, he said, he that have seen me have seen the Father. We were given access to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. And a reconciliation. Not only that, but with that, God began to reconcile men with men. Through Calvary, through Calvary, those two commands that he spoke to the scribe that he said were weight, that were important, that were very valid, through Calvary, he began fulfilling where men could love God and once again love their fellow man. Where they were ostracized between one another, the Samaritans hated by the Jews and hated by the Gentiles, where the Jews didn't like the Gentiles, something happened through Calvary. There was access, there was access whereby both Jew and Gentile could become in one body, the body of Christ, called the church. Amen. 
And so through that, loving God, loving your neighbor, this reconciliation happening, they could come together and be in one body by love. The Bible says, Brother Zach, Galatians 5 and verse number 6, Galatians 5 and 6, the Bible says, for in Jesus Christ, Galatians 5, 6, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision, speaking of the Jews, circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, Gentiles, but faith which worketh by love. Acts 15 is a big, big uproar. Some of the others in Corinthians is a big uproar because of people, again, underscoring ceremonial things. The Jews said the Gentiles can't be a part of us if they don't get circumcised. It's not their custom, but they can't, they can't have the promise of God unless they're circumcised. On the other hand, they're saying, hey, Paul... Some of the others said they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They spake in other, they received the same like gift as we. But they've not been circumcised. So circumcision or uncircumcision isn't anything. But you can have both in the body of Christ because of the work of Christ on Calvary. Amen. And it's a work of love that has brought them both together into the same body. There's a reconciliation. A reconciliation of man back to God and man with man in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so whenever we read that Jesus understood, of course he did, what he was doing long before anybody else even caught the idea about it because he spoke concerning of his death on the cross. He spoke of his death on the cross and he said to the people before it ever happened in John 12, he said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And the Bible says he said this signifying what death he should die, which was the death of the cross. He said, I'll draw all men. Uh, it won't just be the Jew. I'll draw the Jew and the Gentile and the Samaritan. Uh, what are you doing, Christ? It's through my act on the cross. There's going to come a reconciliation and it's going to, if you will, shorten the distance between me and them concerning being in the kingdom. Whenever I go to the cross, I open up access for all for not being far from the kingdom of God how in the world think of it folks we talk about Herod we talk about Pilate there was some animosity between these two parties they were at variance with one another the Bible says though that they were made friends through Calvary Two people that were in animosity and variance, one of them were made friends. The cross was a tool of reconciliation. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 4.27, Acts 4.27, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. They're, they're gathered together, whether by human estimation, if you're nigh a Jew or far a Gentile from God, none can be in Christ unless they appropriate the blood. They're gathered together. Here's Herod. Here's Pilate. Because of the cross, those that were at, at cross with one another are made friends. Again, the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ did that. Whenever the high priest, Old Testament, the type in the Old Testament, goes into the place of the holies of holies once every year, the Bible says he didn't go in there without blood amen because it was the blood that enabled him to have access 
Amen. To that holies of holies, that place where God's abode was and where his spirit was. So we're made nigh by the cross. We're made nigh by the blood. And so he's speaking to this man with the understanding of the love of God and loving his neighbor. Something must be happening. The scribe, he's heard all of this. Sir, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And so we can rejoice today. Man, rejoice with the scribe. He's not far from the kingdom of God. We can rejoice with one another this morning. doesn't matter where we've been, what our heritage has been. None of us are far from the kingdom of God. But not being far from the kingdom is not the same as being in the kingdom. Don't grow content with not being far and cause that to be a stumbling block for never getting in. Don't fall prey to understanding now because of Calvary you have access to God by Christ but you never allow Christ to have access to you amen because a man that drowns a few feet from the shore is just as dead as the man that drowns in the middle of the ocean not far but not on the shore either. There's a danger in that word that we see before us this morning, almost. The saying is, you know, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> almost. You know, someone said, well, they almost hit me. Yeah, but they didn't. I almost got that done. You didn't. I almost didn't have enough money. Phew, thank God. But it did. Almost. See, we'll use the word almost to make us feel better. <laughs> Trying to take the edge off. You know, you show up, and according to the other person, they say you're late, but you retort, no, I was almost late. <laughs> Kind of takes the edge off things, don't it? Almost does. Kind of like a mediocre ground. Almost. Matter of fact, we see this even happening in Scripture. In Acts chapter 26, Paul is imprisoned. He's been tried multiple times. Many people have heard his discourse about what Christ has done and even the history of the church. And so he states it again before Agrippa. And they hear his matter the same and Agrippa at the end of Paul's dissertation says, Thou almost persuadest me to be a Christian. The apostle, though, you know what? The apostle kind of took this and really turned it into what it needed to be because what Agrippa in so many words was saying that thou almost persuadest me is this. I'm not far from the kingdom of God. You know what Paul's, though, his retort, his, his, his response to Agrippa was? He said, I wish that thou were almost and altogether. That's what he said. He said, I wish that thou were almost and altogether as I am, except for these bonds. What are you saying, Paul? Paul was in the kingdom. He says, I word that you were, he, he uses his word not to just totally cut him off, you know, at the past, trying to make him feel good. I wish that you were almost and altogether just as I am. Not that you were just not far from the kingdom, but you would be a part of the kingdom. Amen. 
What, what is that? Listen, the Bible says in Luke 17 and verse 21, the Bible says in Luke 17, verse 21, because we hear this terminology, the kingdom of God throughout Scripture. Amen. It's used here and it's used there. Amen. But, but, but it's something that, that connects us to, to uh, the invisible church, if you could call it that. It's, it's something that is invisible. It's an invisible kingdom that's within our hearts, within our lives, if I could say it like that. Because on one occasion, Scripture speaks, the Bible said, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, or behold the kingdom. He says, for the behold the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Well, how does that happen? It happened as it happened for her this morning. Listen to me. Because whenever Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and he wanted to know how he can see how he could enter into this kingdom of God. He spoke to him in John 3 and 3. And he said, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Through being born of water and spirit, you enter into the kingdom of God. And if I could say it like this, the kingdom of God enters into you. And you which was not far are now in the kingdom of God. And folks, there is a vast difference today between not being far and being in. Coming to church may make you not far from the kingdom of God. Giving an offerings might make you not far from the kingdom of God. Serving in certain capacities, whenever we do stuff around here, might make you not far. Amen. Actually, Jesus already made you not far. But if you're thinking these works and deeds, all that's not making you far, that's great. Don't become satisfied right there because that's a cheap satisfaction to get satisfied with just being almost saved. Almost heaven ready. Almost for almost ready for rapture. That, that's a sorry, sorry state to become satisfied in. No, you need to leave this morning from your pew and walk out the double door saying, Hey, I once was far, I then was made not far, but today when I left, I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. I got God's spirit. I'm walking in a new dimension with the Lord today. I'm not satisfied with just being close with him. I want him in me and I want to be in him i want to be baptized in christ put on christ resurrected in christ walk with christ don't allow almost to trip you up amen felix said after hearing paul he said at a more convenient season i'll hear this matter and the bible says he called for him multiple times not far in a very literal sense from the gospel that was being spoken to him through Paul. Not far in a very literal sense, but also not far in a very figurative spiritual sense. But at a more convenient... What's your deal, Felix? Well, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Folks, and I don't know how, how any more direct I can be today but to tell you when the trump of God sounds almost doesn't matter almost it don't matter might be a great crutch to lean on today but when the end of time comes it don't matter 
It's not like it's a greater perk than what anybody else has. Because all of humanity, whoever they are, however they are colored, has the same testimony as you. They're not far from the kingdom. But you need to allow the kingdom to get in you. And you get in the kingdom. And be very settled in your life and heart today. That I have and am in the kingdom of God. If you'll stand with me this morning. And I know God desires that today. I know God desires that today. The desire hasn't changed since he spoke to the scribe. I know God desires that today because he's already walked into someone's life this morning. Although you may find a place of being satisfied with not being far or almost, Christ is just sitting there trying to urge you, prod you along. Just take those few other steps. Go on and repent of those sins of times past. Go on and go down into water immersed in Jesus' name and baptism. And arise in newness of life. Because folks, we have access. But now it comes to this application. Access versus application. The lamb slain on Passover, Exodus 12, bloodshed, access, blood in the basin. But application of that blood to the lintel and doorpost spared their household. Access wasn't enough. Almost wasn't enough. Not being far was enough. It took application. And so this is where we stand this morning. I'm not far. That's true. I have access. That's true. Sir, man, ma'am, it is time for you, though, to apply these things to your life. And it's not difficult. It's not hard. It's not laborious. Because I tell you, on the opposite end, he's more eager than you are for it to happen. God is more eager than you could ever think about. He's more eager. He's more desirous of you than you are of him. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads in this place today? Oh God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. These altars are Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.